his brows to cast a glance at the tallest of the five workmen, who was carving a shield in the centre of a wooden mantelpiece. It was to this workman that the strong baritone belonged, which was heard above the sound of plane and hammer singing. Awake, my soul, and with the sun thy daily stage of duty run. Shake off dull sloth. Here some measurement was to be taken, which required more concentrated attention, and the sonorous voice subsided into a low whistle. But it presently broke out again with renewed vigour. Let all thy converse be sincere, thy conscience as the noonday clear. Such a voice could only come from a broad chest, and the broad chest belonged to a large-boned, muscular man, nearly six feet high, with a back so flat and a head so well poised that when he drew himself up to take a more distant survey of his work, he had the air of a soldier, standing at ease. The sleeve rolled up above the elbow showed an arm that was likely to win the prize for feats of strength. Yet the long, supple hand, with its broad fingertips, looked ready for works of skill. In his tall stalwartness, Adam Bede was a Saxon, and justified his name. But the jet-black hair, made the more noticeable by its contrast with the light paper cap, and the keen glance of the dark eyes that shone from under strongly marked, prominent and mobile eyebrows, indicated a mixture of Celtic blood. The face was large and roughly hewn, and when in repose had no other beauty than such as belongs to an expression of good-humoured, honest intelligence. It is clear at a glance that the next workman is Adam's brother. He is nearly as tall. He has the same type of features, the same hue of hair and complexion. But the strength of the family likeness seems only to render more conspicuous the remarkable difference of expression both in form and face. Seth's broad shoulders have a slight stoop. His eyes are grey. His eyebrows have less prominence and more repose than his brother's. And his glance, instead of being keen, is confiding and benign. He has thrown off his paper cap, and you see that his hair is not thick and straight, like Adam's, but thin and wavy, allowing you to discern the exact contour of a coronal arch that predominates very decidedly over the brow. The idle tramps always felt sure they could get a copper from Seth. They scarcely ever spoke to Adam. The concert of the tools and Adam's voice was at last broken by Seth, who lifted the door at which he had been working intently, placed it against the wall, and said, There, I've finished my door today anyhow. The workmen all looked up. Jim Salt, a burly red-haired man known as Sandy Jim, paused from his planing, and Adam said to Seth, with a sharp glance of surprise, What? Does think thee's finished the door? Aye, sure, said Seth, with answering surprise. What's a wanton to it? A loud roar of laughter from the other three workmen made Seth look round confusedly. Adam did not join in the laughter, but there was a slight smile on his face as he said in a gentler tone than before, "'Why, thee'st forgot the panels!' The laughter burst out afresh as Seth clapped his hands to his head and coloured over brow and crown. "'Hooray!' 
shouted a small, lithe fellow called Wiry Ben, running forward and seizing the door. We'll hang up the door at fur end of the shop, and write on it, Seth Bede, the Methody, his work. Here, Jim, lend's hold of the red pot. Nonsense, said Adam. Let it alone, Ben Cranage. You'll mayhap be making such a slip yourself some day. You'll laugh at the other side of your mouth then. Catch me at it, Adam. It'll be a good while afore my head's full of the methodies, said Ben. Nay, but it's often full of drink, and that's worse. Ben, however, had now got the red pot in his hand, and was about to begin writing his inscription, making by way of preliminary an imaginary S in the air. Let it alone, will you? Adam called out, laying down his tools, striding up to Ben and seizing his right shoulder. Let it alone, or I'll shake the soul out of your body. Ben shook in Adam's iron grasp, but, like a plucky small man as he was, he didn't mean to give in. With his left hand he snatched the brush from his powerless right, and made a movement as if he would perform the feat of writing with his left. In a moment Adam turned him round, seized his other shoulder, and pushing him along, pinned him against the wall. But now Seth spoke. Let be, Addy, let be. Ben will be joking. Why, he's in the right to laugh at me. I cannot help laughing at myself. I shan't loose him till he promises to let the door alone, said Adam. Come, Ben, lad, said Seth, in a persuasive tone. Don't let's have a quarrel about it. You know Adam will have his way. You may as well try to turn a wagon in a narrow lane. Say you'll leave the door alone and make an end on it. I've been affrighted at Adam said Ben, but I don't mind saying as I'll let to loan at your asking, Seth. Come, that's wise of you, Ben, said Adam, laughing and relaxing his grasp. They all returned to their work now, but wiry Ben, having had the worst in the bodily contest, was bent on retrieving that humiliation by a success in sarcasm. Which was you thinking on, Seth? he began. The pretty parson's face, or a sarment, when you forgot the panels? "'Come and hear her, Ben,' said Seth good-humouredly. "'She's going to preach on the green tonight. "'Happen you'd get something to think on yourself, then, "'instead of those wicked songs you're so fond on. "'You might get religion, and that'd be the best day's earnings you ever made.' "'All a good time for that, Seth. "'I'll think about that when I'm a-going to settle a life. "'Bachelors doesn't want such heavy earnings. "'Happen I shall do the courting and the religion both together, as you do, Seth.' "'but you wouldn't have me got converted "'and chopping between ye and the pretty preacher "'and carry her off.' "'No fear of that, Ben. "'She's neither for you nor for me to win, I doubt. "'Only you come and hear her, "'and you won't speak lightly on her again.' "'Well, I'm off of mine to have a look at her tonight, "'if there isn't good company at the Olly Bush. "'What'll she take for her text? "'Happen you can tell me, Seth, "'if so be as I shouldn't have come up in time for it. "'Will it be, "'What come ye out for to see?' A prophetess. Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophetess, an uncommon pretty young woman. Come, Ben, said Adam rather sternly. You let the words of the Bible alone. You're going too far now. What? Are ye a-turning round, Adam? I thought you were dead again, the women preaching a while ago. Nay, I'm not turning no way. I said naught about the women preaching. I said you let the Bible alone. You've got a jest book, haven't you? "'as you're rare and proud on. "'Keep your dirty fingers to that. "'Why, you're getting as big a saint as Seth. 
You're going to the preaching tonight, I should think. You'll do finely to lead the singing. But I don't know what Parson Irwin'll say his grand favourite Adam Bede a turning Methody. Never you bother yourself about me, Ben. I'm not a going to turn Methodist any more nor you are, though it'll like enough you'll turn to something worse. Mr. Irwin's got more sense nor to meddle with people's doing as they like in religion. That's between themselves and God, as he's said to me many a time. Aye, aye, but he's none so fond of your dissenters for all that. Maybe. I'm none so fond of Josh Todd's thick ale, but I don't hinder you from making a fool of yourself with it. There was a laugh at this thrust of Adam's, but Seth said very seriously, Nay, nay, Addy, they must not say as anybody's religion's like thick ale. They does not believe but what the dissenters and the Methodists have got the root of the matter as well as the church folks. Nay, Seth, lad, I'm not for laughing at no man's religion. Let them follow their consciences, that's all. Only I think it'd be better if their consciences had let them stay quiet in the church. There's a deal to be learnt there. And there's such a thing as being over-spiritual. We must have something besides gospel in this world. Look at the canals and the aqueducts and the coal-pit engines and Arkwright's mills there at Cromford. A man must learn summit beside gospel to make them things, I reckon. But here, some of them preachers, you'd think as a man must be doing nothing all his life but shutting his eyes and looking what's going on inside him. I know a man must have the love of God in his soul, and the Bible's God's word. But what does the Bible say? Why, it says as God put his spirit into the workman has built the tabernacle to make him do all the carved work and things as wanted a nice hand. And this is my way of looking at it. There's the spirit of God in all things and all times, weekday as well as Sunday, and in the great works and inventions, and in the figuring and the mechanics. And God helps us with our headpieces and our hands, as well as with our souls. And if a man does bits of jobs...